certainly distilling came from alchemy. I mean, it was that sort of science movement that spawned uh, a lot of processes, but especially distilling. Um, yeah, there's, there is a certain um, magic to it in the sense that although there's a lot of science around it, there's also a lot of art. And so certain things, I think distillers tend to be very superstitious and have their own views over which parts of the science are more important than other parts of the science. And I think that intuition is what makes it as much art as science. It's very important for us to connect to history. I think so much of whiskey's history has been forgotten because the narrative has been controlled by a few companies in Kentucky. So there were a lot of distilleries in New York City. The first distillery in America was in New York City, um, founded by the Dutch in 1640. So there were Irish distillers who were living here during the American Civil War. There's um, a lot of, lot of history here. And so the idea that distilling belongs in one part of the country and not another is just a complete myth that, that, that um, we're very happy to uh, upend. And also it's helpful to do so by connecting to that deeper history that actually tells the full story of distilling in the United States. Mezcal is a distillate made from the agave plant. Um, it comes from Mexico, it has a domination of origin, and uh, it is related to tequila, let's say, as this is also agave distillate, but we can say that tequila is a subcategory of mezcal. Mezcal used to be the generic word for all um, distillates made from agave in Mexico. Um, well, first of all, as it is a traditional distillate, it is very closely related to also traditional beliefs and habits in the villages where it is made. It plays an active role in, in the social life of people. And uh, the story about the chicken breast is not maybe as odd as it seems at first glance. Um, the technical side is that you put a skinned and raw chicken breast in the pot still when you redistill uh, already finished mezcal with the third distillation. And uh, you do also infuse it with uh, fruits and spices in this third distillation. So the result is a mezcal which is less smoky, has a completely different texture from the meat, the grease and the, uh, the collagens that are in, in, the, in the bones of the chicken. And uh, which is very fruity and very flavorful because of the fruits and spices that are put in, in the pot still. Back at the time, I was still, for my, for my regular job, my full-time job, I was traveling a lot. So I brought back the rum, you know, for the bar back. And I was always upset when they, when they sold it. I was like, no, <laughs> I don't know how to get another one. And um, that, was, that was my background. And since we didn't, I mean, the bartenders wanted to use the spiced rum, and we couldn't find the kind of product we wanted. So we had our own little pot where we started spices and then just added uh, the rum. And it was more like a, it was a, back then it was a gimmick. And we sold a bar years ago and uh, yeah, just two years ago a bartender was asking me the same thing. Hey, do you, can you recommend any good spiced rum? And I was like, it's 10 years later and I, I can still not recommend one. And I, I just mentioned, hey, I used to make my own. And he's like, make me a bottle. And I made one and he came back, I came back with it and he said, make go in production. <laughs> Thank you.
started distilling in my apartment, which was illegal, but it was was kind of a way to learn this in, a, in this forgotten art. And so realizing that it was illegal and that I still kind of got excited about it and wanted to do it more than as a hobby, um, got a license to be able to do it commercially. And so that's kind of, and the business has been growing from there. But it was really a lot of what I learned by doing it at a very small scale in my apartment. Craft uh, products can produce or offer a transparency on the products that the big ones can't. And that's a major point about it. Um, unfortunately, the labeling of most spirits on the market is very limited, let's say. Um, there are so many like odd things, not only colorants and preservatives, but also other things in spirits that don't have to be labeled, which is, from my understanding, not fair to not tell people what they're drinking, really. So I hope that the craft spirit movement will bring more transparency to the whole spirits business. We are all passionate about it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, you know? So for me, it's quality more than a trend or, or, or anything else.